God has asked us to do it should have been the way we did it in the first place. We've all been guilty of it, but that's where we, as and through the worship is where we usher in God's presence. And God's presence is here today because they usher it in with their worship. And I thank you, I thank you, because we want to honor God and give thanks for what He's done and what He's doing in our lives. And He's doing through our worship and our giving thanks and praise. That's how He's doing. That's why prayer is so important that He's
much your insight and your will for our lives. And we thank you right now in advance. Let the house say amen. 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 Family. God has given me this word, and it's been on my spirit for some time now. Because we're being attacked from all different angles. And the enemy has been strategic in his attack. Because what he's attacking is our belief. Our belief and our trust in God. Pastor's been speaking about truth is truth. And, and so we have to be mindful that the enemy tactic is to attack the truth. And what happens is, if you've got the majority believe in one thing, they want you to make they want you to believe that it's true, even though it's not true. And that's why we got to stand on the true foundation of who God called us to be his truth. Not the world's truth, not man's truth, but God's truth. It's only one truth. And that's why today's title is, Do You Believe This? Do you believe this? And when I talk about this, I'm talking about God's word, his truth. And as I say all the time, I'm a visual guy. I like visual, you know. And so I have a short video that I'm going to play. And after I play this video, I'm going to get into this work. And I pray that all hearts and minds are open to receive what God has for us. Amen? Amen. Earl, you can cue it up, son. to God, God came to them. Though we spit in his face through our arrogance and sin, holiness still became flesh so that it might be forgiven. I believe in Jesus, the perfection of the law. For creation was doomed by the requirements it scrolled. But it came 
not to abolish correction, but succeed where we did fall. And then he wrote a new law on our hearts to love God and love. I believe in Jesus, the horribly betrayed, unknown by the world he himself had made handed over to death by a follower to whom some silver was paid, disowned by a friend three times in one day, I believed in Jesus, the ever-turning cheek, no sword in his hand, he took the way of the weak, redefined strength as weak and weak, when men struck him on his back, only forgiveness did he speak, I believed Jesus, the servant on the cross, to save the lives of the sinful, he considered his own life lost, endured the torture of men, whips and nails in his flesh were embossed, received the righteous wrath of God, the judge bearing our judgment, the ultimate cost. I believe Jesus and that flesh in the tomb. You see, he bore the end of a normal human as he was born of a human's womb. He died a criminal's death and was buried in some other man's room. God, the Son, lay dead, the lifeless. But I still believe in Jesus and the body of his resurrection. For he redefined life in death's final rejection as he showed holes in hands to over 500 of his own selection so that humanity would not be able to raise an objection to the fact that Jesus Christ is God the Son and has made the ultimate connection. So I believe in Jesus and the commissioning of his ascension. For he ascended to God's right hand forever in intercession, leaving his truth in the hands of a few, those first to be called his Christians. His hands and feet are now the church, his boundless reconciling expression. This is our heritage. They are our relatives. And this, this is our confession. We believe in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my question again is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because the key to this is, if you believe this, everything that God speaks into your lives and says to you that will happen for you will happen. But the key is, do you believe this? Because if we don't believe this, it has no power. And see, the enemy wants to steal the power of God's word in your life. So if you don't believe this, you begin to question this, it loses authority. And I'm here to tell you that God has given you that authority. But you have to believe this. 
You have to believe his word. You have to know that he died on the cross for you and I because we couldn't save ourselves. Do you believe this? Family, it gives me great pleasure to be before you to share the good news. And I ask you, who needs some good news? Who needs some good news here today? Because, see, God has some good news for you. See, we can look at our circumstances, we can look at our situations, and sometimes it looks like nothing is happening, nothing is moving. But see, we live in time, God don't live in time. And when I tell you here today, if it hasn't happened yet, God is preparing you for something great. But you got to believe it. you got to know it's coming. And you got to keep pressing and doing what you're supposed to do, what he's telling you to do. we got to be obedient to his word. That's why prayer is so important. That's why worship is so important. See, because too often we forget about the little things he's already done. And we're looking for the big thing that we, we want. And he knows those things that we desire in our heart. But we got to keep in mind, we got to make sure that what we desire in our heart is not just for us. It's for the kingdom. Everything God has done in preparation was for us, for the kingdom, for the overall purpose to bring heaven to earth and for us to operate in it. But see, what happens is the enemy wants to steal that from you and I because we got something that he couldn't get. And his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And how can he do it? He destroy your belief. If he can get you to doubt what God says or what he has done in your life, not just what he's done in the past or someone else's life, but in your own life. You begin to question what you need to do moving forward and here and here. See, we all need some good news. But the caveat is, do we believe the good news? Do we believe what God is saying about us? You know, we are all here. Those here in the body of Christ, those here out there, you're, you're here because you want and desire something more than what the world has already been giving you, what you've been shown already. But the enemy wants to stop you in your tracks. Because once we make the decision that we're going to follow God and trust God, we get power and authority. And he don't have no power over us. But the only power that he has is what we give him. And we give it to him through our unbelief. So today I'm here to ask you, do you believe this? Do you believe God's word and what he said about you? See, Jesus didn't struggle with the unbelievers. He didn't struggle with them. His fight wasn't against the unbelievers. His fight was against the believers. The ones who professed that they knew God and loved God. See, because we become self-righteous. 
And the enemy begins to have us questioning some things. Listen. You see, it only works if you believe. So today I ask you, do you believe this? Jesus asked this of the people before him at Lazarus' grave. It was a week or so before Passover, and Jesus knew his time was coming to an end. However, he still had doubters amongst his followers. It was the ones who professed they believed in God, in his deity. Let's open up the Bibles, and I'm coming out of the Amplified. You know we got come out of the Amplified. Okay. So John chapter 11, verse 17. John chapter 11, verse 17. And here it says, So when Jesus arrived, he found that he, Lazarus, had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And a considerable number of Jews had gone out to see Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. While Mary remained sitting in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And even now, I know that whatever you ask of him, ask from God, he will grant it to you. How many of us question God being here for us? Lord, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened to me. Lord, you said this was going to happen or this wasn't going to happen, and it's happening. Lord, you're not here. And because you're not here, this is, the, this is what the result is. That was me. That was me. Plenty of times. Questioning God. Saying, Lord, you told me this. This was going to happen. But it didn't. And what I received from God was you're not ready yet. See, sometimes when some things don't happen that we've been praying for and asking God for, we're not ready for it yet. And see, when God gives you something, he wants you to be prepared and be successful in it. See, because the enemy, he'll give you some stuff that you think is of God. And then when you miss it, or you fail in it because you're not ready for it, now you want to blame God. See, we got to be very careful. See, because what God wants to give us is success. Because that's in Him. Because if we fail, that means He failed. And God cannot lie. So if we fail, we fail in ourselves. It don't have nothing to do with God. And that's why I want to remind you, who do you believe? Do you believe this? Do you believe the words that he's saying? 
And I'm going to go on a little further on in that scripture because it's very important that you hear this. So this is Jesus' response to her. Verse 23. Jesus said, your brother will rise from the dead. Watch what Martha said. I know that he will rise from the dead in the resurrection of the last day. Listen what Jesus says. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me as Savior, will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me as Savior will, live, will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? See, that's the caveat. You have to believe it without a doubt, no questioning. And see, the enemy wants you to doubt. He wants you to question. That's how he got Eve in the beginning. That's how he continues to get us now. See, this is not, this is not only a situation that we can look at in biblical terms. We can look at our own lives. What God has told us, some of my wife was just talking about that, just being obedient and adhering to what God is saying and trusting him more than we trusted in ourselves or anybody else. And that's why it's so important for, we, for us to have that relationship with God. I'm dealing with my students right now. We're talking about leadership and identity. And it's important for us to understand who we identify with. Who our identity is in. Is our identity in Christ or is it in the world? See, because if it's in Christ, we're going to believe everything that Christ says about us. But if it's in the world, we're going to trust in the world and what the world is saying and what the world is doing. But I want you to know here today, this is where it's at. This is where the foundation is at. And we got to get grab hold of that. I said, don't that sound like man? As soon as something go, doesn't go our way that we think it should or we want, and we want to blame God and others. What we must realize is God doesn't work in our time. He who created all things, including you and I, he knows our needs. He knows everything you need. And too often, we think we need something based off of the world. And see, the world will trick you. You see them commercials? Every time you turn around, there's something new. And you just got, you got the 2022, they sent you the 2024, and now you want to go get the 2024. Ain't nothing wrong with your 2022, or maybe your 2010. You own it. But we think we need something more. And that's, that's what the enemy has us chasing. He has us chasing after things. 
And God wants us to chase after him. And those things that we need will be provided. He'll provide the provision for all that we need. But what happens is because it don't look like what we think it should look like, we start questioning God, am I going the right way? Am I doing the right thing? Because of the world's perception. Family, do you believe this? See, all we have to do is just do some self-reflecting. Look at our lives. Look at what we've been through already. Look what he already seen us through. And just know, because I get excited all the time because I know it's so much more. And it's not for me. It's not for me. It's for what I'll be able to do in the kingdom. That's what it's about. And that's what I get excited about. I look forward to that. Because I know as I do what he called me to do, those things that I decide, that's just a byproduct. That's nothing so, for him. On camera to pull it out. So he created everything. If you believe this, pull it. Yeah, pull, pull so why can't he give you what you desire? So long as it's for the right reason. Because you got the same. That's the key. Gotcha. That's the key. It can't be for selfish motivation. Yeah, so it can't be about ourselves. It's so much bigger than us. You know, I talked about the worship team. That 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 praise that we got, that worship, that anointing that was in this place, because the unity that they had together. Each and every one of them were unified on one accord. And it ushered in God's presence. And that's the same thing with you and I. We have to be on one accord to usher in God's presence. We can't be long rangers. You know, I was listening to something the other day. It was talking about the lion being the king of the jungle. But the lion ain't the biggest cat in the jungle. The tiger is. That's the the tiger's the biggest cat in the jungle. And the, and the strongest. Yes, sir. Yep. But you know the difference? And why he ain't king? <laughs> because he's a long range. I watched the lion fight at the, the tiger. I was like, oh no. See, God don't intend for us to be long rangers. He, he intends for us to work as a body. Right. Together, uniform. That's what makes the Lion King. Right. Because they work together in unity. And when we work in unity, there's no stopping us. Think about the Tower of Babel. There was no stopping them. But they were doing it for the wrong reasons. See, but when we're unified in Christ, there's no stopping us. That's why the Acts community couldn't be stopped. They were unified on one accord. Yes, there could be many more people in here today. There's so many people who want the word of God, who need the word of God. Yes, sir. But until they see the body of Christ working in uniformity, they don't believe we just like the world. That's how we got to set ourselves apart. They got to see us doing things differently. Because that's what they want. They want something different. But too often the body of Christ is acting like the world. That's, do you believe this? Come on. 
Do you believe what God is saying to you and about you? And see, the enemy will get you turned against your brothers and sisters because what they think is not what you think. But we are all individuals. What is our common goal? What is our mission? See, if it's about ourselves, yeah, we're all going to find some differences. But if it's about the kingdom and building up God's people, that's where the uniform comes in at. Amen. It ain't about who number one, who number two. We just all got to do our part. Amen. I watched that worship team. Each one of them had a part to play. And we heard the worship. We heard the praise. We heard the harmony. And that's what you see when you work together as children of God. Yes, sir. My hand works perfectly as it works together. Come on. My feet, everything works together in uniform as God has created it. And we are the body of Christ. And see, the enemy knows that. So his job is to cause division. Create doubt and unbelief. And if he can do that, he'll keep us bound. He'll keep I'm us struggling and questioning God. If he does move that second one, my caps But I'm here to tell you today that do you believe this? If you believe this, there's nothing that can stop you. Nothing. The enemy has no power or authority over you. There was a time in my life where I questioned who I was. How can God use me? One thing that was but then I read the word like it, I got to know and understand who he is. But it was about a transition in myself. I had to renew my mind. We'll get you a point where once I had to begin to see things differently. Paul said I died to myself again. Okay. And I was amazed that the girl was in and we can use that. He knew he killed because of the world. That can be our floating camera. But at that time, he didn't have a relationship with God. And then when he got that relationship, he still had to fight himself down each day. And that's the same thing for you and I. It's never going to be perfect. So long as we're here on this earth, the enemy is going to keep coming at you. He's not going to stop. You know, I was sharing with the men the other day, we got to have accountability partners. Somebody that's going to keep your feet to the fire, remind you of who you are, give you words of encouragement. And that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. Amen. That's why it's important for this fellowship. Yes, our relationship with God is individual. Yes, it is personal. But the body, the body of Christ, must be unified, sets the foundation. Here we see in the scriptures, Martha knew as well, but still didn't understand the full authority of God's word. Family, words have power. And just as God has given us the authority over earth with his word, 
We, just as Jesus, has shown us that our words have power. Your words have power. The word tells us there's life and death is in the tongue. We can speak life over people and we can speak death over people. I've watched many people fall victim because of what other people said about them. When they doubted who they were and who God sent them to, they based it off of what the world said. Yes, sir. I wouldn't be here if I, I believe. Come on, come on, come on. See, because the world threw me away. It said I was no good. Based off of the world. But I don't base my belief on the world. I believe what God said about me. I believe what God said about me. And no, I'm not perfect. None of us is. That's right. That's right. It was only one perfect one that he died on a cross for you and I. For our imperfections. Filthy rags. But the key is, once we know better, we do better. That's the key. And that's how you see the growth, the elevation in our relationship with him and who we are. Come on. With each step, with each obstacle that we face, or each trial that we have to deal with and overcome, it's another step in our relationship in Him and knowing who we are. I get excited now about trials. Mm. Because I ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? What do you want me to get out of this? Because I know it's not unto death. See, too often, the enemy have us thinking, oh my God, this is going down. It's so bad. But it's not unto death. Yes, sir. Preach. It's not unto death. So you can't overcome it. And that's what we got to trust God. That's why that relationship, that personal relationship with God is so important. Because you can ask that question personally, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? What do you want me to get out of this? Because every situation that the enemy tried to use to stumble us, God want to use to elevate you. He want to use it to elevate you. And I want to tell you that when we fall from that elevation, that fall is hard. But it's not the end. It's not the end. But the trials and the tribulations are going to be even tougher. Because we wasn't obedient the first time. See, God forgives us. But the consequences we still have to go through. And that's where the enemy tricks us. Whoa, come he on. tricks us in having us believe where's God at now? Why are you going through this here? But he don't remind you of what you didn't do. And that's when we got to have that self-reflecting looking at ourselves. Come on, come on. With ourselves about what did we do where we fell short at. So God can lift us up. Talking, sir. You because talking. he can't heal somebody who don't think they're broken. He can't do nothing about something that ain't, ain't it's nothing wrong. 
And that's what happened with the, the self-righteous religious people. They thought they didn't need anything. They thought they had everything going on. That they were doing everything right. And that's why the unbelievers, they didn't have no problem with God. They accepted and believed him because they knew what they've been through. And they see revelation in their lives. And too often we forget where we came from. Oh, you preaching, sir. You preaching, sir. We forget the things that he's already done in our lives. And because we facing another obstacle, we like, where God at? Why I got to go through this again and again? The enemy don't stop. He's going to keep coming at you in those areas that you're weak in. And that's why it's important for us to give it to God. But if you don't recognize those areas that you're weak in, you keep trying to operate in those areas, what you think going to happen? You're going to keep stumbling. And that's why we got to trust God. And that's why I say, do you believe this? Do you believe what he's saying about you? about him, about his deity and the authority that he's given back to you that you trust and believe that he's the same. There's so much I tell you. I'm here to tell you that the enemy is alive. I'm not going to call him the devil because that perceives power. Yeah, he has none. He don't have no power. All he has is deception, nothing more. You and I have been given the authority through our Lord with the blood covenant that Pastor Ray has been talking about. That blood covenant. When he went to the cross and he died, that blood that hit the ground was for you and I. The dirt that we were made from, formed in fashion. To bring back the relationship with the Spirit of God. That first relationship that Adam had in the beginning, but lost it. Through that blood covenant, we have an opportunity to have that back. But the key is, do you believe this? See, if you don't believe it, it has no power. Why we didn't it's all about your belief. Why we didn't change the date right there? You know, there's so many things we believe in and trust in that we pour ourselves into. But when it comes to God, we struggle. We struggle. You know, we go out there and play that lotto, think we're going to win that million dollars. No one is no man. One in three million chance for you to win. Probably even more bigger than that. But we trust and believe there's an opportunity. We trust and believe in that man, that woman, that they're going to be the one that's going to help us out of this fucking model. But instead of believing in God, trusting in God. And see, the enemy is so strategic because He'll get the very thing that you love and care for dearly in your heart to turn against you, to fail you. 
So if the thing that's in your presence fails you and destroys your belief, how are you going to believe in something you can't see? The enemy is so strategic in his actions that deception. I tell family, and I know you probably heard it, you've been here before, you heard me say the best thing my wife ever told me. She said, I love you, but I love God first. Amen. Come on. She said, I love you, but I love God first. She said, because man will fail, God will never fail. Mm-hmm. And me and my ignorance as a young Christian, I want her to love me more. Mm. And I did all I can to show her, yes, I love you, and all these things. To the point where she was missing what God said. And God, this is before I was married, guys. And God was was telling her, he's not doing the right thing. He was showing her. He was showing her. But I was being so convincing with deception. So I thought. Vanity. Until it all came to hand. And she told me, she said, look, the only reason why I give you a chance is because I asked God if he put somebody in my life that would be the person that he wants. But if you can't follow God, I can't follow you. And I knew what I prayed for, what I asked God for, in a partner, in a helpmate. And I knew I had that. But in my ignorance, mm, talk about it. In my ignorance, I failed. But I knew if I if I, if what I believed and what God said for me that I had that, I had to do some self-sacrifice of myself. I had to put myself down. And this is what happens. Sometimes we have to put ourselves down and put ourselves under subjection. That's what Paul said, I die to myself daily. See, because the enemy knows your weakness. And until you're able to recognize it for what it is, it's going to continue to keep you bound. And this is what happens to religious people. They become self-indignant. They think they got all the answers. Thank you. And they don't, they don't happen with God. They say, we only use a small percentage. A small percentage. So I don't care if you're on the pulpit, wherever you're at, the presidency, you still don't know. You're nowhere near what God knows. And too often we put our trust in men instead of putting our trust in God. And that was a big lesson that I learned from my wife that day. And my life has never been the same. It has never been the same. And these are just stepping stones in my relationship with God. And each one of us have those stepping stones. All we have to do is just do some self-reflecting. Just look back. You ain't here by osmosis. You ain't just walking here by chance. There were some trials and tribulations that you went through, and now you're seeking more. And the key is, do you believe it? 
Do you really believe it in your heart? The issue of life is right here. It says here, if I plant a seed long enough and continue to nurture it, just like the seed we put in the ground, it will show evidence of who it is. Naturally or unnaturally. See, right now, you can go to the store and get some seedless grapes. Ew. No you can sign. get seedless watermelons. Oh, none of that. You can get a whole lot of things with no seed in it. And one thing about those seedless formations that they have, they're never going to produce nothing with seeds in it. You know, so what's happening is we're being deceived by the enemy. And he's nurturing our thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, I was listening to something the other day and it said that he was watching um, Takers. And he said he found himself rooting for the bad guy. And then he watched um, CI, whatever, one of those, one of those cop shows where child, he said, but one thing I realized is when I'm watching CI, CFI, I'm never rooting for the child molester or anything else. CSI, there you go, CSI. So what he said, what he realized is that the director could manipulate my thoughts wow. to root for the bad guy. And this is someone who just have a finite mind. So just imagine the deception of the enemy. Think about it. You ever found yourself rooting for the bad guy when you're watching a movie? But there's some movies you don't root for the bad guy. You, you know he bad. But the, the deception, how we make it look to make you feel. And this is the enemy. And this is why we have to be mindful. He is so deceptive in his actions that we have to be very mindful of him. Turn with me to John 10.22. Sorry. See, the same thing Jesus faced in those days, he faced here today. We're struggling. We're struggling as believers. We're struggling to find people to stay pat in what they say they believe in. Here it says, after this feast, after the feast of dedication of the reconsecration of the temple was taking place in, at Jerusalem, it was winter. And Jesus was walking in Solomon's porch in the temple area. So the Jews surrounded him and began asking him, how long are you going to keep us in doubt and suspense? If you are really the Christ, the Messiah, tell us so plainly and openly, Jesus. And Jesus answered them, I have told you so, yet you do not believe me. 
You do not trust me or rely on me. The very works that I do by the power of my Father and in my Father's name bears witness concerning me. They are my credentials and evidence in support of me. But you, you said that again, but, but you, you, yes, sir, do not believe and trust and rely on me because you do not belong to my fold. You are no sheep of mine. The sheep that are mine are my own here and are listening to my voice, and I know them and they follow me. Do you believe this? Family, it's so important, your belief. Your belief, it has to be ingrained in your heart. Because the enemy will attack your belief. And if you have any doubt, any questions, he can sway you. And we have to be mindful of that. We got to trust God's word and what he's saying to us and about us. What I want to share with you today is those out there is that Jesus' problems didn't come from the unbelievers. It came from the ones who claim to be believers. We have to be careful of becoming holier than thou. That no one can tell you nothing or anything. And you will God's word and cause affliction to his people. You know, this place is supposed to be a place of healing. People who are broken should be able to come here and get healed, get nurtured, get fed, get all the things that they need so when they go back out there, they know they've been taken care of. Amen. They have something to stand on. Amen. Amen. That's why it's so important for us to be the real true body of Christ. Yes, sir. So when they come here, they know they were loved. They feel that love without a doubt, without question. Not condemnation about what they're not doing or what they could be doing. Just like our own children, each one of them mature at different stages. And some of them may not get it until they're grown. Ask me how I know. I was me. It took me a long time. But I thank God that I had people in my life to pour into me. So I had something when I was mature enough to, to regurgitate it. I had something to bring back up. And that's why it's so important for us as the body of Christ to continue to pour into people. Continue to pour into your loved ones. Give them something to hold on to. So when they're ready. Come on, come see, on. Jesus said, he told the disciples when he sent them out, if they don't receive it, that's your feet off. Keep it moving. You gave them what you were supposed to give. Don't stay there. Mm. Don't try to drag them out. Mm. You can't force nobody to do nothing they don't want to do. Wow, talk about it. Wisdom, wisdom. All we got to do, our job is to give it to them. Yes, sir. The same way God's giving it to us. Yes, sir. The same way he's giving it to us. 
See, we gotta come willingly. We have to come willingly. God is a gentleman. He ain't forcing nobody nowhere but to do nothing. Wow, you talking, sir? You talking? He already telling you the consequences if you don't. And showing you the inheritance if you do. You teaching, sir. You teaching. So it's up to us to choose what we want. He gives us a choice the same way we give our children. And just like they got to deal with the consequences of the choice they make, so do we. See, it don't stop. It does not stop. And that's why it's so important for us to stand on God's truth. We got to stand on his truth, man. See, God wants us to understand the kingdom of heaven. I want to say the ones out here today that may be questioning God about their situation, I want you to reflect on what he's already done and seen you through. Rest assured that he is preparing you for something. He wants you to be ready to deal with it. The miracles he did they were necessary for the disciples to see for their mission. See, there's some things God is preparing you for. Some of these trials that we got to go through, it's in preparation. You know, military, they go through rigorous training to deal with every type of circumstances they may face. And that's the same thing God does with us. He gives us training. See, the thing that the enemy tried to use to stop us, God want to use to train us up. He said, your faith can quench every fiery thought, that shield of faith. So we trusting in that and believing in that, no matter what we face, it can be quenched. So long as we trust in and believe in God, for what he said. Not for what the world say, not for what man say or anybody said about you or to you. But trust in what God says. Turn with me to John 10, 27, 31. We're going to read from 27 to 31. And I ain't going to be here for you long because here's another part to this. And I'm going to ask Dr. Williams if he allowed me to be here next week to share this second part because there's so much in this belief. There's so much meat in this belief that it, we needed to carry us through these battles that we're having. The disciples needed it. It says here, the sheep that are on my own hear and listen to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. To all eternity, they shall never by any means be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all else. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hands. 
I and the Father are one. Again, the Jews brought up stones to stone him. See, the enemy don't want you to have this message. He wants you to believe that he can destroy you, that he can stop you, that the things that you're facing, that you're dealing with, that's going to be the end. And I'm here to tell you, do you believe this? Do you believe his word? That he said, no one can snatch you from the Father's hand. So once we commit ourselves, once we recognize and give ourselves to Christ and walk in his truth, no one can take that away from us. We can give it away. We can give it away with our unbelief. We can give it away with our doubt. We can give it away with our questioning. We can give it away with our uncertainty. We can give it away when we're going through that storm and we think we're not going to get out. How many of you have been through some storms already in your life? Yes, sir. And you're still here. Amen. You're still here, family. There's so much more he has in store. And believe you me, you're going to face some more storms. If we believe the word, we ain't seen nothing yet. We haven't seen nothing yet. But the key is, who are we going to believe? What is he going to see us doing upon his return? Are we going to be standing true to his word, standing firm on the foundation of his truth? Or are we going to bend to the way of the world and succumb? Family, how many of you are angry with God or someone else because of what you are going through? There is so much, so much to share. And as I said, I'm going to ask Pastor Ray to, to give you another week. But I say to you, when you leave here today, I ask you again, do you believe this? Do you believe what God says? What he says about you from the beginning. He said you ought to have dominion over this earth. Dominion, authority. We are supposed to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God wherever we step our feet at. We have the authority of the king. Because if you do, no matter what you face already or are facing now, you have the victory. We just have to go through the process. And turn with me to this last scripture, Romans 10.10. 10. Romans 10.10 10 says, for with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. And is so justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. 
So today we confess out our mouths. Yes, sir. With our whole heart. Yes, sir. Say this with me. Jesus. Jesus. Is our Lord and Savior. Is our Lord and Savior. Who died on the cross for our sins. Who died on the cross for our sins. And was written, risen on the third day. And was risen on the third day. And he has given us the keys. And he, and he has given us the keys to victory. He has given us the keys to victory. Do you believe this? Yes, sir. That is the key, family. Yes, sir. This is how we're going to be able to move forward into the kingdom to do what God is calling us to do. We can't do it without him. We can't do it without him. We have the keys, but he has the combination. He knows what doors to open. There's some doors we need to close and there's some doors we need to open. And we got to trust him and that's why that relationship, that personal relationship is so important. Yes, sir. Because you got to know what doors you need to go through and what doors you need to close. Because I told you the enemy is a deceiver. He'll show you a door that looks good to you but not for you. Amen. It looks good to you, Amen. but it's not for you. Been there. Done that. So, family, today, I want to stand in the gap with you. I want to pray with you, with those who may be going through something. We're going through a transition. We're going through something that, that we're, we're trying to get some understanding of what God is trying to show us or, or, or lead us to. I want to stand in the gap with you. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you on God's word that is true. That if you believe it and you know that it's true, whatever you're going through, you will get through. And you will get through better on the other side. The key is standing firm on that foundation to know that this word is true. Amen? Amen. So if all hearts and minds are in agreement, nobody gonna need prayer. Does anybody, everybody here have a church home? You have a church home? If you're looking for a church home, God is, look, it says the work is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And God needs some laborers, some people who he's given a gift that's in them, that is for the kingdom, that's gonna help benefit the kingdom. But he needs you to be a part of it. He needs your commitment. And once you take one step, you take three four steps Believe you me. And that's just about trusting him. So if there's anybody in the house who, who want to make faith all this your church home, who just want prayer just for the moment, we're here. Those out there, we pray for you. We love you. We hope to be a part of what we're here. And I just want to say on behalf of Dr. Williams and First Ladies that he has a heart for the people and, and what God wants to do. And our job is to help equip God's people. So, what I did to today do is ask for the scriptures. It ain't for us I'm to be that's not us. Okay. It's about us to help so speak to you to be all that God is calling you to be. But the first step comes from us. We have to make we'll that choice. We have to trust God and make that choice that we don't follow Him. Amen? All right. So with that, I pray that this word was a blessing to you, that it spoke to you at this time and where you're at.
Because I don't want to do anything that is not of God. Yeah, I got my, some my announcements from Mr. Mari. Every time I get up here, I see a God's truth. Amen. 